Hello and welcome to Thinking Outside the Box with me, Tim Box. And me, Brit Box. We talk about all things to do with your mental health, emotional well-being and how to navigate your own mind in these strange times. But of course, as we always say, we're not doctors, so please don't confuse any of our advice or what we ramble on about as medical <laughs> advice. Uh, but we do come at this from a slightly different perspective, um, hence Thinking Outside the Box. Well, you know what I missed out? You went a bit off piece there. That's I what did. happened. Yeah. You, you <laughs> laughed. Trying to improvise. The other thing that I was going to say was even though we come at it with a more lighthearted <laughs> perspective, we try not to trivialise any of the things we talk about. Um, yeah, that's about it, isn't it? You're happy with that one, are you? I'm happy with that. Let's go with that one. Um, <laughs> nice. We're Cut doing... it. Paste it. Well, it is, to be fair, it's very much on theme with this one because we haven't got much notes, uh, many notes, should I say, about what we're talking about today. No. Uh, as if we do anyway. You don't anyway. You just turn. I never up. have any notes. You're lucky I'm here. Yeah, yeah. You're like I'll sit here for an hour. You start talking. I'll chip I'll just, in when yeah, I want I'll just to. Chip, chip in. That's how I work. That's how I roll. That's what I'm all right with that. Yeah, but I should say it is. Of course, what day is it today? It is the most wonderful time of the year. No, not Christmas. Happy Halloween. Your favorite time of year it is. It's can, pumpkin time. Can you just explain to the listeners how I am dressed opposite you today? Okay, so I'm going to do a little uh, do an project check. catwalk. <laughs> Uh, so let's from the base up. You've got some black fluffy slippers on. Yes, uh, but that's not that's the least Halloween <laughs> thing you've got on. You've got some t- uh, those tights. You got They're socks on. Socks. You've got pumpkin socks on. Yes. You got pumpkin and skull and crossbones tights on. Yes. You've got a Mickey and Minnie at Halloween dress on. Yes. You've also got on a cardigan that is pumpkins <laughs> and cats. You're just black and orange completely. <laughs> Uh, you've got a, a pendant, a black heart, which is black tourmaline, yes. I believe, which I got you for protection. For protection. <laughs> and you've got a ring that is a coffin. <laughs> See, if we had an Instagram page oh, now, I could say, oh, we'll put all these pictures up on the Instagram page. To be fair, there are probably pictures of me looking like this on my Instagram. Yeah. And you've got, what was your shame on you? Oh, you've got Mickey pumpkin earrings in. There you go. Uh, and you've got orange <laughs> glittery eye shadow. Yes. Yeah. There we go. <laughs> and Tim is wearing a hoodie and jeans. I am, yes. <laughs> Black jeans, to be fair. You don't even wear any Ghostbusters t-shirt. No, I had that on yesterday. I can't wear it two days in a row. (laughs) Scummy. Well, happy Halloween. It is my favourite time of the year. Yes. Um, with uh, the only exception being my birthday. I was going to say, you, your birthday is your birthday month is obviously the... <laughs> Basically, I celebrate Halloween from the 1st of July to like the 30th of May. Um, <laughs> and then I just have a month's break where I celebrate my birthday. And that's Brilliant. it. That's all I celebrate all year round. So we're very, very lucky to have you available to us today. <laughs> it's raining. That's why. <laughs> that's true. We were going to walk around the village and look at all the, because uh, they've got all the like, Halloween scarecrows up all the neighbourhood, yes, haven't they? The yeah. decorations and stuff. But it is absolutely hammering it down. Yeah. See, normally we go all out on Halloween. We will actually get to the topic uh, that we're going to talk about in a minute. But normally we <laughs> go all out on Halloween because we have a big Halloween party every year, don't yeah, we? Yeah. And we get everyone to dress up. And we have a theme. And we, we transform. completely transform the house, don't we? Yeah. Just... The, the last one we did we it was like a um a circus freak circus freak uh, show yeah circus freak show wasn't it? um circus of horrors yes yeah. and uh, we transformed the foyer of the <laughs> building completely into like um a big top and it was it had the ticket area and upstairs there was the big tent and yeah. it was it was amazing but you know mm. we are still we're still in the middle of a global pandemic and having like 50 people over at our house just didn't quite feel yeah. ready yet just yet and also 
like Tim said, we do plan these well in advance. So we start prepping things in the spring. Mm. And spring of 2021, we had no idea where we were going to be in October. We had no idea if we mm. were going to be in lockdown again, going to be actually able to see people. And because we have to plan them and so far in advance, there was absolutely zero possibility of me putting my heart and soul into planning stuff if I didn't 100% know it was happening. Yeah, exactly. And it's so it's so frustrating because it's right on the cusp of mm. like, you know, people are going to Halloween parties. You might be going to one today or you already have gone to one this weekend. Yeah. Um, and it is like, I feel like, yeah, we could have had people over. Wouldn't necessarily everyone would have been completely comfortable because obviously everyone's in the different phase in yeah. terms of their comfort zone, aren't they? And yeah. All that sort of stuff. But it just, like you say, it's not like we could have, we could really engage in planning and doing everything we wanted to do wholeheartedly because mm. we just wouldn't have known if we were going to be cancelling or not. You no. know? So, so next year, hopefully. Next year will be a big one. A big one. And um, we have already started planning it. We have. Yeah. Is anyone surprised? Absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> so, but anyway. Yes. So, episode um, 31. Episode 31. And we're going to talk about, well, so what we end up talking about on these podcasts, I was thinking about this the other day. We tend to have conversations, and at some point we'll say, oh, should we talk about this on the podcast? And then we stop talking about it, so we don't, <laughs> we don't exhaust the topic. Yeah. Um, and this one is about death. Um, so I guess we must have been talking about death. I'm, I'm frequently talking about death. Yeah, you honest. talk about it quite a bit, to be fair. <laughs> but it, it is one of those conversations that we have, isn't it, about, yes. about our attitudes towards death and things like that. Yeah, because I feel I am um, a bit of a uh, contradiction when it comes to talking about death. I'm happy happy talking to other people about their death and I'm happy talking, mm. you know, I'm happy because I, I obviously uh, worked in a funeral home as mm -hmm. well um yeah. for for a, for a time um and would very much like to go on and open up my own funeral industry business at some point uh dealing with uh, natural burials um yeah. but that's probably going to be for a later part of my life i think um well you always yeah. talk about it being in your 40s that's when you're going to embark upon that it's probably going to be 50s at this point like i'm, I'm 33 now it's probably going to be a little <laughs> bit later but yes i'd love to i'd love to run my own funeral home mm. but this is the thing that um that you talk about a lot is that we should be Talking about death. Yes. It should be a subject that is not taboo. Yes, absolutely. Because it is one of the guarantees in life. Well, they say in there, there's, there's, there's three things that are guaranteed in life. Death, taxes and share. So Amazing. <laughs> I was going to say, I know death and taxes. What's the other one? Share. Okay. <laughs> That's fair enough, I think. Um, but there, so, so this is the thing. We wanted to do a podcast where we talk about it because there are so many... Um, I could say mental health issues, emotional issues surrounding death. This is yes. why we don't talk about it, because most people have a fear of it. Yes. To the point where we deny that it really applies to us. Yes. You know, we almost, we, we're in a little bit of denial about it ever. That Because here's the thing, everyone on the planet is going to die yes. at if, some point. If you're listening to this... You're going to die one day. I mean, we're not looking to trigger anyone here. Perhaps we should have started the podcast by saying we will be discussing Well, the title's mortality. going to be death, so, you know, yeah, I suppose, buckle up. Yeah, the, the clue's in the name, isn't it? <laughs> but do you know what the, the word for... Um... Oh, I can't read anyone oh, too far away. I, I just shielded my notes so <laughs> yeah, that I really didn't it. see the answer here. What's the word for a fear of death? Oh, it's probably mort something, isn't it? You'd have thought so. Oh, is it not? It's not. Oh, what is it? Fanatophobia. Mm, no. Mortphobia, I'm going to go Which is, of course, where Thanos... Is that where it comes I from? I suppose that's where Thanos got his name hang from on, in the comics. Hang on, Seven and a half minutes and we've got in a Marvel reference. Wee. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's what I thought. When I looked it up, I was like, yes! <laughs> um, I would have thought it would be mort Mortophobia. Oh, mortified. <gasps> <gasps> She's just made the connection. <laughs> is that where the word mortified comes from? 
Yeah, and the word mortician and things no, like I, that. I know what mortician means. Well, I mean, you know, I'm just thinking that I thought you would have known uh, where mortified came from. Uh, I could have died, uh, that sort of thing. Yeah. Oh, there we go. <laughs> Who knew? Who knew? Everyone. People, actually. <laughs> Everyone except Everyone me. Except me. <laughs> um, but yeah, so uh, fear of, it's a common fear, mm. but it's not one. So Is it fear of death or fear of dying? Ah, that's okay. We are going to talk about the distinction, aren't ah. we? Because I know that. Yeah, this is quite a, a topic that you, you, you have a very clear distinction. Yes. Because you have a fear of one, not a fear of the other. Yes. Which is interesting. <laughs> um, but I ask all of my clients yeah. any fears or phobias. That's a stock question that if you come to see me for a consultation, you will get asked that question, any fears or phobias. And there's, you know, you get common ones out like of spiders or heights or flying, mm. things like that. But nobody ever says fear of death. No. Right? They might say the thing that they fear might lead to death you know because right, like right, if, right. if it was a fear of flying you Jumping might be yeah you might have fear of falling or fear yeah fear of the plane crashing etc um but nobody really i mean to, don't get me wrong i have had people say this mm. but people that say fear of death are people that normally have gone through quite a lot of anxiety or fear or panic yeah and they've had to confront the possibility Yes. Or, or the, the almost like it may become a real idea. Yeah, I yeah, might yeah. die here. Yeah. yeah, and so they also health anxiety as well. I would imagine. Well, this is the thing we talk about health anxiety a lot, but mm. really it, it is obviously well in many cases fear of actually it ending. Yeah, yeah. Fear of, fear of the illness causing death. Mm. Um, so a lot of people have it, but not many people articulate it on those terms. No, I'm saying I suppose no. Um, and yet very common, very common. Um, well, I always find. Because obviously, like I say, I did work in the, the funeral industry and I would like to, to go back and work in the funeral industry. I probably know more about um, sort of death and dead bodies and things like that than, than the average, I would I would argue. What is it that fascinates you about death? Do you know what it is? It's not what fascinates me about death. It's what fascinates me about the way people talk about death. Okay. So I'll start this off by just saying this blanket statement that a dead body is nothing to be scared of. Yeah. A dead body cannot hurt you mm. in any way, shape or form, unless, you know, they're radioactive or something, you know, but actually just... Or someone drops one out the window. Or someone drops one out the window, yeah. But an actual... Actually, do you know what I learned about that? So back in the... I want to say medieval times. There was there was a group of uh, of people who took siege of um, who wanted to take siege of this castle um, and all the all the surrounding in it. And basically, the troops were were dying off of like I don't know cholera or something that that mm. happened in the olden days. Anyway, they were using them. They were using the bodies as they were putting them on slingshots and using catapulting them, as, them in. Yes, yeah, and yes, catapulting that, them in. To, to spread disease. Yes. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. I've, I've heard of that before. Yeah. Um, so that, yeah, be, be scared of those kind of dead bodies. Th thanks for the lack of detail in that uh, anecdote <laughs> as well. Some people wanted to take control of the castle. Uh, truth, it happened. <laughs> what do you want from me? Uh, I'm not a history teacher. Asterisk, not historically accurate. <laughs> <laughs> Something like this happened. Anyway, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, but I find people's, and I think it's because as well, you know, if you haven't listened to uh, episode two, I think it was, my story, go listen to that. It goes into this in more detail. But I've seen more death than the average person, even mm. outside of working in the funeral mm -hmm, industry. Mm -hmm. You know, all my family, all my close family have died. Um, mm. And I have seen, I've seen them and I've seen different um, facets of death and and I always find it interesting that people that you talk to um, as soon as someone becomes as soon as someone passes on and they're not them anymore and they become a dead body mm. it's almost like 
it's taboo, they're scared, they are scared of it, they mm -hmm. don't want to talk about yeah. it, and they don't want to talk about death before someone dies. And I tell you something right now, as someone who has experienced going through probate, mm. um, which is, by the way, what the, the process you have to go through after somebody uh, passes away legally, mm. I know the importance of having the conversation about what you want after you die with your loved ones, yeah. with the people around you. Because if you don't have these conversations and you don't have these things put in place, mm. all you're doing is causing more distress mm. to the people that get left behind because there's so much they don't know, there's so much that isn't solidified, that isn't written mm. down. And it honestly brings so much more stress at a time when they absolutely do not need well, it. What is it? And then when we... When we try and raise this topic, when one person says, oh, I think we should be making, you know, we should be leaving our, our last wishes. And people often say, oh, I don't really want to, I don't want to think about that. It's a morbid topic. Let's have a cup of tea or something like that. Exactly. Uh, that. Well, that's how we deal with everything in my house. Anyway. <laughs> um, but of course, then it just solidifies that idea and reinforces that response that there's something to be afraid of from the topic of death. Yeah, that you and can't so, talk about Yeah, it, it becomes more taboo yeah. and it becomes less comfortable all the time. So yeah, if we if we just make discussion about this fairly natural and normal, yeah. then a lot of people would, you know, automatically and very naturally lose such a fear of death yeah. because it wouldn't be such um, an alien subject or, yes. or, or a, a, an unfamiliar topic of conversation. Yeah, and it wouldn't be it wouldn't be something that we were, we were so scared of because, you know, it wasn't, and I'm not saying everyone should do this at all, but it wasn't that long ago, you know, in historical terms, when we had home funerals, mm. when we took care of our own dead. It was only sort of in the Victorian times that, mm. that it came to, to pass that someone died and you, you know, you passed on that responsibility to somebody else, mm. you know. And it yeah. used to be something that was just a lot more spoken about. Now, I understand that mortality um, rates were a lot, is it higher if people, more people die? I, I think, think it's, it is. Yeah, yeah. mortality rates were higher back then. So, you know, there was a bit more urgency and stuff like that. We've now got, you know, amazing healthcare that we didn't yeah. have back then. Um, and now, nowadays, you know, a large proportion of people die in like hospitals and things like that, whereas they wouldn't have before. Yeah. But we have kind of put this wedge in between us and death and then has drawn a big line in the sand and made it something that we, we don't want to talk about. Well, this is the thing. I get that when there's a service to be provided, so if people, you know, whenever whenever something needs doing, mm. somebody will become a specialist in it and make money from it. Yes. You know, in the same way that, you know, you, you used to bake cakes for people yeah. because you were a specialist in baking cakes, you yeah. know. Um, there, there's always people that have skills that other people don't have, and there's tasks that we have to have taken care of that we don't necessarily want to do ourselves. Yeah, you absolutely. Know? So like I'm, I'm, for example, I'm a trained plumber, but I do not want to do any plumbing anymore. So I would. Hire oh, and a don't plumber. I know it? Don't I know <laughs> it? Anything so, that goes wrong. <laughs> so I would hire a plumber to do that. Yes. And in the same way, when people die, mm. the the bodies and the dead have to be taken care of, and there's mm. a certain amount of process that needs to be had. So yes, absolutely, mm. we have people who come and perform that service. I think you're right, though. The problem here is that it's become almost. Like we don't even, we're not even aware we are allowed to do this ourselves. No. And, you know, th things like the funeral industry, one of the unregulated industries in this mm, country. Which is mad considering America, that, you know, where a literal teenager can go buy a gun at a Asda mm. if they want to. Yeah. They don't have any regular, like they have regulations on their funeral industry and mm. we don't in this country. Yeah. So there's like, it, it doesn't necessarily, then this is the thing, we, we can do a lot of the stuff ourselves. Mm. And I, I know this is what you're very passionate about in terms of, 
the discussion about what we do when we die and what happens when we die. Yeah. But um, but even just being aware of this stuff, I think, would generally allow people to be more comfortable with the topic. Yes. Um, and, and it would allow us to sort of do that bit of mental processing because so much has to be processed when we lose somebody. Yeah. And wouldn't it be nice if the whole concept of death and mortality wasn't something we had to come to terms with at that time? Yeah. Because I do... So one of the one of the things, if you, if you look up causes of thanatophobia... One of them is the death of a loved one. Yeah. Yeah. And, and the other one was what we're talking about, uh, an illness. You yeah. know, so you, you fear your own mortality. These are the two main causes of fear of death. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I know that I sit here, and I've said this to you before, I'm not completely convinced that I, at a very subconscious level, realise what death is. Yeah, um, yeah. I, I think there's, you know, there's that moment when you're young and you like realize, oh, well, hang on, you know, like your pet dies or something, and you're like, oh, things can die that were alive before, and then you have to come to grips with that. I remember my sister telling me about Emmy, um, mm. my niece, you know, and and the moment when she realized, oh, you can die, or, <laughs> yeah. or mum and mum's going to die at some point, you know, and she went through quite a, a crisis about it when she was younger, mm. um, and there is that moment when when you get hit with that that idea. Mm. Um, and so here's an example, right? My nan died when my, se- my sister and I, I think we were in our teens. And um, we had the option of going to see nan and going to see her body, going to view her yeah, body. Yeah. yeah. And mum, in the funeral home? Yeah. Or at the hospital? Uh, in, I think at the funeral home, yeah. yeah. And my mum wanted to, mm. I think, as I recall, and Mandy wanted to as well, my sister. Your sister, yeah. Yeah, and, um, but I, I think I might have been away right because right. i don't remember being just would you want Having to, the opportunity yeah are yeah. you going to be with us on that i think i was just so it didn't it didn't just crop up as an opportunity and i think anyway i might have turned it down okay yeah um but they went to see her and i might, i know mandy in particular um, and this is not me saying don't go and see people when no, they die i'm going to tell my side exactly which is yeah. the yeah exactly yeah. the other side of this story yeah. yeah um but she to this day, if I ask her about it, she's like, I wish I'd never gone to see the body because yeah. it didn't look like Nan. And now that's, the, for many years, mm. that was when she thought of Nan, the image she had in her mind mm. uh, because it was quite impactful. Yeah, no, um, obviously. Because obviously, you know, when, when you die, you look different when you die. Yeah, you of course know? you do because you're, you know, you're, you're a living, breathing organism and when those things stop working, yeah. so much stops happening that people don't realise. Yeah, yeah. And, and, so that, and so there's a bit of me that was like, okay, I can see then why we might want to just remember them how they were. But again, maybe that's why mm. I'm sitting here without any particular fear of death mm. because maybe I just haven't thought it through. Well, I didn't get the luxury of even getting to think about it. Mm. Mine was very much, oh, everyone's dead. Oh, okay, fine. You know, and mm. I was kind of confronted with death mm. before I was ready to be confronted with it, mm. you know, if yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely, yeah, because it all happened when you were quite young. Yeah, so, and, you know, and I, you know, I saw my first body, I think, when I was probably 10, you know, because I, I, I went to go see see my nan, and my mum asked me if I wanted to go see nan, um, and, and I said, yes, absolutely, like, you mm. know, I, in my mind, I was like, why wouldn't I want to go see her? Mm. And I went to see her, and yeah absolutely right it didn't really look like her so my nan my nan was italian um mm. very italian if we're going to go by degrees she mm. was exceptionally italian <laughs> and um and she had really olive skin mm. um when we saw because we saw her in the chapel arrest at the hospital obviously one of the things that happens is you do go pale you know and so mm. her olive oliveness if you will mm. wasn't as as striking as it was and you know it mm. was it did look very very different to my nan but it was so important 
for me to see her mm. um to to sort of accept it i think yeah, that, yeah. and then and then as a result when my mum died um i didn't get that option which i'm forever I think, honestly, I know we talk about, you know, you don't want to be locked into certain ways of thinking, mm. but I hand on my heart believe that that affected me negatively and probably will for, for the rest of my life. Mm. Because um, when when my mum died, uh, I, I came home from school and she was unconscious on the sofa. Um, I called uh, the ambulance service who were brilliant um, and, and they took her to hospital and she woke up in the ambulance. And by the time we got to hospital, she was sitting up laughing and joking with the doctors and nurses mm. saying she was going to go out for a cigarette. And I was like, you're absolutely not. Um, <laughs> and then it got quite late and they said to me, we're just going to keep her in for some observations. It's probably best if you, you know, go with your mum's friend and actually get some sleep because it was, you know, nearing mm. the middle of the night and there was nowhere for me to sleep on the ward. Yeah. So I went and then I woke up the next morning and was told she died overnight. Mm. She died at, you know, three o'clock in the morning or whatever in the middle of the night. And they didn't want to wake me. So they waited until I woke up yeah. uh, just naturally at, you know, eight o'clock or whatever. And then told me then. Yeah. And I can remember saying, oh, we're going up to, we're going to go up and see mum. And then they were like, look, we need to tell you something. <laughs> She's died. And then they said, well, you know, they don't think you should see her. Uh, and I was 16 at the time. So I didn't really have any kind of legal rights either way. Yeah. So I didn't see her in the hospital. And then I didn't see her in um, the funeral home. And then we had her funeral. And then her, her ashes were buried without me being there because I was under 18. So they didn't have they didn't have to have me there and they didn't mm. they didn't inform it was a whole shambles to be perfectly honest yeah you look but back on it now it seems very strange it seems so that, bizarre and so basically i went from saying goodbye to my mum talking to her and joking with her and her mm. telling me not, not to forget to feed the dog mm. to skip forward several weeks oh she's buried in that small plot of land yeah yeah right and i've just had to accept that now don't get me wrong i do not believe for one second my mum is living a secret life down in mexico with elvis with elvis mm. yeah she would love that you know <laughs> i don't i don't believe that for a single second but i do also have to admit there is a part of my brain a part of my mental build-up from being 16 mm. that simply will not accept that she's dead because i didn't see it with my own eyes in the same way i did with all of my other yeah, relatives and this is the thing i think people listening to this we need to sort of clarify this in, in terms terms of how how we think about things yeah there's there's a lot going on subconsciously you know there's different mm. parts of us doing different things you probably all know my analogy of the captain and the crew of the ship uh, the crew being all your bits of your subconscious doing different bits of processing and you know your, your subconscious your crew they'll get different jobs to do at mm. different times and they'll be operating on certain truths and a lot of the time what we know consciously uh, and I, you know, I know this because this is what I see every day in my clinic with clients. Mm. We know something consciously, but it hasn't quite connected subconsciously. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> so our, we're responding as if it's not true. You know, yeah, that sort yeah. of thing. And I know from, from conversations we've had and responses I've seen from you, there are bits of your subconscious yeah. that are you know still waiting Wait to see her again. Yeah, yeah 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 and, and it's and uh, i think but, I'm, but I'm, i know she, you know what i mean I, yeah i know i know, I know yeah it but makes me sound delusional but i feel but like I'm, this I'm is not. but this is, this is one of the effects of trauma yes is that your, your mind gets put into massive subconscious confusion mm. and i can completely understand and this is the thing as well i think that's why you didn't go into you know a depressive phase until like a year or two later, yeah, about two years. Yeah. When when certain elements of that had processed, and I, th yeah. I don't, I think at the time the so way I was you did, in shock. Well, this is it. The way you describe what you did after, mm. in terms of going about your life and. Yeah. 
and everything that all the decisions, all the changes you made in your life straight away at I'm sixteen, like, which was bloody stupid, by the way. Well, this, but yeah, what are you going to do though? You know, yeah. <laughs> but that you know, you were utterly in shock, desperately trying to process information that you were in no way equipped mm. to deal with. Mm. Um, and but that's that's what death does when it exactly. when it lands out of no, I say out of nowhere. You know, even even when somebody is going through long term illness, mm. it's like you said to me the other day. You were never really aware that. Yeah, she's. This is going to kill her. No, she never. She never. She never told me it was. It was terminal. Um, mm. she told me she had cancer, but because uh, she got her diagnosis, you know, just after her own mother died of breast cancer, my nan. Mm. Um, and I was still. I was still a young teenager. Which and again she didn't must have affected the way she how she approached her illness. Oh yeah, it was know? literally. Nan got diagnosed. Died pretty soon after. Obviously. Yeah. Granddad had Alzheimer's, uncle died of a heart attack. All that was yeah. going on as well. Yeah, yeah. And then not long after we, you know, we buried Nan, she's got a terminal cancer diagnosis as well. Yeah. Um, and she, you know, she, she didn't have anyone. She, she, you know, she couldn't talk to me because I was like 12 at the time. You know, it's very, mm. she'd just lost her mum who, my mum was as close with her mum as I was with mine. Mm. You know, it was a very, very close yeah. maternal relationship yeah, that yeah. we had. So, you know, so as soon as, as soon as Nan died, you know, it was, that was kind of it. Granda didn't know who we were, bless him, at that point with his Alzheimer's. Yeah. And when I look back on it, you know, obviously I only saw it at that time from from a 12, 13-year-old's point of view. Mm. But I look back on it now as a grown woman. Yeah. And I can't imagine what my mother was going through. Yeah, this you is know? what I always think of as well when you talk about those times. And you talk about your awareness mm. uh, and what you were going through and what you went through afterwards. But I do, I do struggle to comprehend the burden your mum must have been carrying to have lost her mum mm. and then be looking after you mm. and you know and I and you told me before how how long the hours were that she worked so and how she was hard still she... working right up until the day she died she yeah. was she was a nurse and she was working mm. you know every hour under the sun to provide for the two of us she was still smoking yeah 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 <laughs> yeah but her, you know anyway we won't, we won't go into that we won't yeah into that. yeah you know absolutely yeah it's, it's just oh also different times as well, it should be said. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so the, I guess that's that's a, a good place to start, though, in terms of how we might develop a fear of what's going to happen. Well, this is it. And I think with everything that happened with me, I because you said you said very early on that there's obviously we, we talk about the distinction between a fear of death and a fear of dying. Yeah. OK. Now, yeah. I do not have a fear of dying, really. I have a fear of being dead and missing out on everything for the rest of eternity. Really? I thought it was the other way around. <laughs> no. That's really fascinating. So, okay. So you've not got a problem with the process of going from living to dead. Nah. You've got a problem with not being here anymore. Yes. So basically you have FOMO. an extreme case of FOMO. <laughs> yeah. I am genuinely, that's what annoys me more, that one day I will cease to exist mm. and I will not get to see hover cars. Amazing. <laughs> so that's going to be your last thought as you go, oh, I'll never see hover yeah, do you know what? Like, I really hope I don't die like in between watching a really cool film series or waiting for like a second part. Like, you know, I actually, in between Infinity War and Endgame. To be fair, kind of I've got to say when <laughs> after Infinity War, um, and it was a year before Endgame, I, I remember having the thought, I hope I don't die. But I really want to. I really want to see how this ends. You know? Yeah. Because um, didn't Stanley die before Endgame? Came out. I think he got to see. He got. I'm sure he got to see it though. Right, but so he got some advanced screening. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's just blimey, that's just as well. I don't think I, could, <laughs> I feel that'd be terrible. But that, like, for like, um, uh, uh, someone that I know, um, she 
had was really really looking forward to seeing June because mm. she was a massive fan of the book. Yeah. She was a massive fan of like the age. It was a big part of her life. Mm. I actually first heard about the film being made through her, mm. um, and she died uh, last um, last New Year's Eve, actually, sadly enough. So you know, Blimey. and June's only just come out. So yeah, but here's the thing. I think it's important <laughs> to say, as far as we know, she's not aware that she's missing out on June. Do you know what I mean? This is, so this is the thing that, that gets me, right? Now, I, I realise that everyone listens to we this. We have cross-purposes with this. Yeah, you, you're <laughs> going to have you're going to have different thoughts on what happens when we die. Do ah, we go yes. somewhere? Do we yeah. Are we born again? Do we live on in another form, etc.? Um, Can I come back as a cat? That's probably, all I'm interested in. Or a Disney duck. A Disney duck. What, a duck that, go, that lives in Disneyland? Disney, yeah. They do seem to have a very easy life, Got a great they? life. Just swimming around in, in just a little lazy river and getting all the food they want and going on all the rides they want. Yeah, yeah but that's your perfect life, just being in Disneyland, <laughs> just with nothing to do except hang uh, out. snacks, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I want to be a Disney duck. Okay. But, uh, your request has been noted. <laughs> we'll get back to you. You don't have to speak to about this. They're yeah. a manager. Leave your email address. We'll get back to you. Um, but here's the thing. So, as far as... so. My, my belief is that when we die, that's it. Yeah, I have we to cease to. So you, we agree on that. Yeah, yeah. we have exactly the same. Um, and this is the thing: you never really. Again, I I was stunned um, a couple of years ago, maybe a little bit longer than that. I found out my parents' opinion on this, which I didn't know. I hadn't known all my life, and why didn't I know it? Because we never Don't talked talk about, about death, mm -hmm. and we never talked about existential beliefs and things like that. Yeah. Um, and I was stunned because my dad believes there is something after life and my mum doesn't and I was I was absolutely convinced it'd be the other way around yeah because I just felt that mum was more the sort of person that would be religious and believe in in yeah, God yeah. and an afterlife and yeah. things like that and dad would be more like no no nothing but he is actually the other way around yeah. but anyway my, my thoughts are that we, we don't, don't we don't have a religion we we would consider ourselves atheist i i yeah i think to say? I think yeah if, if you were going to have to put a label on it, I think atheist would be the one I don't I don't actually think there is a, a being um, that creates us, and uh, no, or, or if there were, not around anymore. No, you no, know, no. and not somebody that we're going to go back to when we die. I still really want to be a ghost, though. Yeah, I we think, had this conversation the other day. Oh, here's the thing: I think there's more people that we know that believe in ghosts than believe in God. Mm. Which for no, me, I don't think they go hand in hand. You think they do, and I don't well, think they do. Okay, so I'm. <laughs> <laughs> not, that I, not that I believe, oh, here's the say it's so funny, right? I'm about 99.9% .9 sure, right. right, that I do not believe in anything paranormal, supernatural, right. you know, anything like that. I just don't believe it. Yeah. However, However. <laughs> if I have the option to be a ghost, I'm jumping at it, mate. Yeah, but what, what form of, you're, you're saying, can I have the option of being a ghost like in the BBC series Ghosts? Yes. Where we just hang out in a mansion. Thank you. And have little adventures yeah. and chat with each other. And every every week we have like game night. And I night. can push things over. Yeah. With it, that would be me. I think it's more likely mm. um, that you won't. <laughs> I was going to offer an option gonna, there. You're going to go somewhere. I'm just going to say not that. But, but the point is, so I said to you, about ghosts. So, in this, oh, if you haven't seen BBC's Ghosts, then you please do to, because yeah. you're, you're missing out because it's just one of the most wonderful series <laughs> you can watch. And we just watch episodes over and over again, <laughs> and we um, quote it a lot. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but so, in in that, hmm. when you've sort of fulfilled some sort of purpose as a ghost, or you've you've, I think the the idea is that you've you've become at peace with yeah. moving on. Yeah. Then you will get taken up. No. Or as they say, <laughs> you get sucked off. <laughs> Which is, as in sucked up to the, the afterlife. I don't know, anyway. Um, 
And um Oh yeah, there's been many in this house, she's been sucked off. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great Mary impression, by the way. You need to go watch BBC Three's Ghosts to see how good that Mary impression was. Yeah, and then this this whole conversation will finally make some sort of sense. <laughs> but and so I was saying, so you know, the people that are alive in the series that know of these ghosts, yes, they haven't in at one at any point had a conversation about, oh hang on then. So they get taken up, they must be taken up to God. No. I think it's like the good place. Another show that we've watched a lot of, mm. which is which kind of addresses yeah. yeah I, but the good place is about no, but I th- okay, I heaven think and hell. I think it's just okay. The way I think it is is that brief period when you're asleep and you're not dreaming, right? It's that forever. <laughs> just that, <laughs> right? Just that peaceful nothingness. Yeah, like that, a void. Well, yeah, dead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's what I think as well. But that, that's the thing. I don't think there's like this little... No, this, no, no. What I'm saying is lovely... that's where they're moving on to. Oh, that's... yeah. A, I think there's this lovely place created for us, awaiting those that pass on. I think no. it's just, yeah, you stop. Yeah. In the same way, we've got no... I was going to say we've got no recollection or memory of times before we were alive, but I know that some will say, oh, uh, actually, I have. Past life. Past lives. Yes, I think I was a dinosaur in a past life. Brilliant. <laughs> You might, I think I'm, I think I might have been, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. To you, I'm a bit of a dinosaur now. <laughs> um, but anyway, so but I think, and I take a lot of solace mm. and comfort from the fact that there is nothing. Nothing. Oh, by the way, past lives. Okay, oh, yeah. let's have a quick talk about past lives, right? right? Go on. While we're there, because I used to do so. A hypnotist, yeah, <laughs> used to do a bit of past life regression. I believe it was called. Spooky night. Spooky night. Yeah, okay, so this was it. We we did, I learned to do it. My mentor, my original mentor, John Chase, he does a lot of past life regression. He believes he's lived before. So does his partner, Jane. Uh, Jane tells a very vivid story about hiding under the the seating area or, or in the, in the wherever it is, in the, the Globe Theatre when it was burnt down and she died in the fire. Amazing. And she, that's that's her her memory. That's what she she was hypnotized. She was taken back. That's what she remembers going on. Um, and John's performed loads of these past. He does past life nights and events and things like that. Um, and he's you know he's been on past life podcasts and stuff because he does. He is what in this life or a previous one? Well, who knows? But yeah. So, but I'm I'm not I'm not a believer in them. But sometimes no. people would ask me to do them. Mm. And I remember when I was working at a clinic in Faversham. Um, I was asked to do a past life regression night and it was, they they were like, can you, we've got a psychic as well. Can you do an evening of, and I was like, oh really? I remember I I was there. I have have a little bit of a bugbear about being lumped in with psychics and things like that. Because I remember when I first went networking and one of the ladies I was talking to, she was like, what do you do? I said, I'm a hypnotherapist. Oh, she said, oh, you're a hypnotist. Oh, well, funny enough, we had a psychic at our event the other day. I'm like, and where's the connection there? What's the relevance to me then? There was another one that happened not like, oh, what was it? Someone messaged you saying that they dealt with something so they thought you'd be good for it. Oh, it was something like three-dimensional connection the contact Aliens or something. Or something wasn't yeah, fourth-dimensional contact. I, like, oh, I can't remember what it was now. Yeah, it was it something was, like that. It was that, so though. bizarre. I've no... I've no frame of reference for it in my mind. And There's someone no... was like, oh, you're, you're like this. Yeah, perhaps it won't be unusual to you. No, no, it is unusual to me. That's very weird what you're that talking about. That was it. Yeah. That was it. It seems weird. Maybe not to you. What? <laughs> no, I'm, I'm, yeah, that is weird. Yeah. Um, anyway. anyway. So, and I was like, I don't want to do this. And then the lady said, because I was going to call it Spooky Night. 
And I was like, I'm in. Because <laughs> I just like that. And and I just did, um, and this was, uh, this was quite along. soon after we, we met, in yes, fact. We didn't yes. know each other that long. Um, I remember when the psychic was doing a reading for <laughs> you, because she did a reading for everyone. It was like a two and a half minute reading. Um, you'd, she'd say some numbers that mean anything to you. Never mind. Um, and just No, um, she'd put the onus on you. She'd be like, um, does the number 28 mean anything to you? And they'd be like, no. And they'd be like, I'll leave it with you. Yeah, she'd go births, marriages, anniversaries. And I'm not I'm not knocking psychic phenomena because I know a lot of people put a lot of stall by yes, that. Yes, absolutely. Um, it's just there was there was something about this night that didn't quite resonate with either of us. I think no. when the lady was doing the reading for you, I've never seen such a sceptical, <laughs> doubting Thomas look on your face. You you were like sneering almost. Well, she, no, she was just like she was like it was. I see I see a lot of dogs around you. You've always had a lot of dogs around you. No, You're totally haven't. a cat person. Yeah. <laughs> But, you know, anyone can get stuff wrong. Yeah, yeah. Um, maybe she meant cats. Maybe that was it. She said the wrong word. They're quite easily confused. But anyway, so I did I did this. And this was about, this was the average past life regression I would do. John would do past life regressions, and it would be Cleopatra. It would be a Roman centurion. It would be, you know, just exciting <laughs> Oh, it's stuff. never just a little peasant they'd, in the Tudor times, is Yeah, it? They'd, they'd be in battle. They'd be, they you know, um, a cataclysmic event like Pompeii or something. It was just real, genuinely exciting past lives. When I did them... They were boring. I mean, they were really boring. One of the, one of the ladies that came up for that night, who did, we did a past life in front of the, the audience, is that the way of saying yeah. it? Um, and she was saying, because she said, I want to find out. She said, I've got a fear of water, and I'm sure it's come from a past life. Right. I was like, oh, here we go then. So we did. We hypnotised her, and she was she was in this. So we went to a place in her I can't remember the structure of it now. But she said, I'm, sta- I'm young. I'm like about six or seven. Hmm. She said, I'm standing... I'm standing on on stone. I'm by a river. Right. And and it seemed like you know I just got this image of you know like old Jack the Ripper times London town <laughs> by the Thames sort of thing. And, on the embankment. Um, and then she was saying, "There's a man here. There's a man in the shadows." I was like, "Oh, is it Jack?" Is that she's he's coming over to me? Mm. And everyone's like, and there was this like palpable tension in the room because you know you don't want to put someone through a, yeah, a horrific yeah, yeah. you know a traumatizing memory. Um, and we were all like. She's going in the river here, isn't she? This is what it's about. <laughs> and um, and and honestly, I swear I could hear like a suspenseful soundtrack playing in, in the background. It was that. And then um, she said, "He's telling me I'm out too late. I should go home." Okay, we're going home. And that was oh. it. That was the whole story. Oh, didn't the, push her in the river. No, didn't push her in the river. Didn't drown her. Oh. I mean, we were slightly disappointed, I think. <laughs> um, but again, my thoughts on that is it. Your mind can do amazing things oh, when yeah. it's prompted to, can't it? Yeah. Um, but anyway, I suppose this is, that's my past life regression story. Just as boring as the past life regressions <laughs> I used to do. And my thoughts are, when we die, that's it. Yes. Now, I take great comfort from that. I actually am really pleased that nothing that I do here, in the grand scheme of things, matters. Yes, this is the thing that I say a lot. Mm. That... Um, that because you know just to even bring it back to something as simple as i get you know how how do you get more confidence mm. how do you not care what people think mm. it's like oh it's it's when you realize that uh, that nothing matters mm. nothing matters at all uh you are just a blip in the entire yeah. civilization of humanity that the things that you deem to be exceptionally important actually aren't mm. uh, and you will be lucky to still be here in within the next 80 years and this is the thing don't, don't get me wrong and that's not i don't find that a depressing thought though i find no. that a really inspiring thought. yeah i agree i agree mm. and it's not like that that gives me carte blanche to just be amoral and no. just do what i want because i still want people around me to be pleased 
with with my input. Yes. You know, I want to feel like I've been a good person. I actually do want to, in some way, contribute positively to the planet. Yes. And so that when I do go, I'm leaving. I mean, I think I'm swimming uphill trying to make it a better place than it was before I got here. Yeah. But it, I, I do like to think that we we make a difference to others. Yeah. But to me, what I do ultimately, because I'm going to die. Mm. It will, and I won't have any memories of what I did. You know when you're like, oh, I wish I'd, I wish I'd done the, I've seen a hover car. <laughs> no, you won't. You'll be dead. But not if I'm a ghost. <laughs> you know, in the words of Bo Burnham, I want to help to leave this world better than I found it. And yes, that's that's exactly. very much how I feel about it. Yeah, but and again, but the the fact that ultimately there's there's not a lot of higher meaning to our, our time no here. and and you know at the risk of sending everyone listening to this in a deep depression mm. um i did a bit of family tree stuff recently i think we mentioned it found out that uh, one of my ancestors was someone quite important uh <laughs> he was uh, the lord mayor of york if you're, if you're interested. Uh, ultimately in the grand scheme of things doesn't matter anyway um you're just jealous because none of your relatives are buried in cathedrals amazing <laughs> anyway um but... and didn't you let the people who who were on, on duty at the cathedral that day know about it i'm looking for the grave of um, a red ancestor of mine um, yeah i'm looking for my uh, grandfather thank you very uh, much yeah. <laughs> anyway um but but whilst i, I was doing whilst i was doing you know he has a very big memorial anyway whilst i was doing this kind of like family tree stuff i discovered that a set of um great grandparents and great-great-grandparents mm. uh, were buried not too far from where we were traveling one day so that's not too far you know my great-grandparents if you think about it if you think about who your great-grandparents are that's not too far away in history mm -hmm. at all mm -hmm. so uh, we went to go see them mm -hmm. and we found that uh, their graves were in, were in complete disrepair they were they were ruined mm. really weren't they they were um they were broken they were because the thing is is that the cemetery that they were buried in is no longer a used cemetery so it's just become a public park that's property of the council kind yeah. of thing so the grass is all mowed nicely but obviously the stones themselves mm. are um not maintained yeah not maintained and you know it was a bit hard to read they were they were chipped and broken and and that's only great grandparents and you know we often see graves like that and we think you know, that are covered in ivy, that have no flowers on them. And mm. you think, you know, oh, they can't possibly have any relatives left. Mm. But but they absolutely do. You know, you think about it, when was the last time you visited your great-grandparents' graves? Yeah. Do you even know where your great-grandparents' graves are? Mm. And this is what we're saying. It's not, because, you know, the accusation is sometimes levelled at us as a child-free couple. That, you know, mm. it's like, well, you know, no, no one will remember you when you're gone. It's like, why? Well, no one will remember any of us when we're gone. Yeah, really. ultimately, yeah. Enough time passes and, and that's mm. it. You know, I laid flowers on those graves for the first time in, how, how long do we think? At yeah. least sort of 50, 60 years? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I looked at, you know, maybe uh, taking on the ownership of them so I can refurb them and stuff. It's a whole thing that I'm trying to do. But ultimately, everyone's grave is going to be empty mm. at, at some point, And that's okay. You yeah, I, and this is it. Like you say, we're not saying this. When we talk about it, we're not trying to bring each other down. No. With that. It's almost like it feels to me quite liberating yes. to feel like, well, look, let me let me put the onus on living what I regard to be my best life. Then. Yes, you know, and that is going to incorporate helping other people. It is going to incorporate leaving a positive impact on the planet because that is what's going to make me feel good about what I'm doing here. Exactly. But we don't have any duty to you know historically no. or or ancestrally to do something 
that is is then going to be judged when we pass on. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, I, I heard a great line that was, um, you know, uh, tradition is just peer pressure from dead people. <laughs> Amazing. That's quite good. <laughs> <laughs> I heard that one. I like that. Oh, I really, yeah, I really, yeah. I really like that. So yeah. it's, it is that thing of just live your life, you know, do what you want. If you want to start that business, do it. If you mm. want to quit that job, do it. If you want to, you know, if you want to visit that country, you know, and you're double vaccinated and you're allowed to leave, you know, do it. It's, there's, there's a lot of things that you've got to just do it. You know, I get really frustrated when people what? come into my DMs and they'll say things like, oh, I'd love to do that, but I can't. No, no, no. This is your one chance. Mm. This is your chance to do the thing. Yeah. You either do it now but or you is, die regretting it. This is why people have fears and why people enter panic states. Because they have a fear of it ending, fear mm. of death, yeah. Um, and a lot of the time we go into panic because we're fearing death when death isn't imminent. Yeah. Yeah. So back in the day, I mean, we said this, we've talked about panic many times on this podcast, you know, we go into a highly adrenalized state to take action to save our life. Yeah. When the thing we're panicking about perhaps isn't, or probably, you know, most of the time isn't life or death. Yeah. It isn't where if I don't move right now, I might die in the next few seconds. Yes. It is things like, oh, can I really do that thing? What will other people think if I embark upon that and fail? Mm. Well, how will I be judged if this goes wrong? Yeah. How will I cope with this challenge? And you know what? You'll probably cope fine yeah. if you just accept that it's okay to do what you want to do mm. to lead the best life you can. Absolutely. And, and yeah, you know what? Ultimately, at some point, we are all going to die, but yeah. we don't know how that's going to happen. No. And... and yeah. Any time predicting it is wasted time. Yes. You know? Um, but you mentioned, just to backtrack a little bit, <laughs> you don't have a fear of death. No. You have a fear of... Being dead. Being dead. Yes. But so so you, you're happy with how you might pass well, on. Well, you know, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm not over the moon about it. I'm not, you know... Well, look on then. Let's, let's, do a, let's do a little hypothetical question. Um, how do you... If you could choose, how would you choose to die? Oh, um, I want, as Caitlin Doley calls it, I want the good death, which is just... Peaceful, laying in the bed, surrounded by candles, the ones I love, going to sleep, off I go, done. Mm -hmm. Just chill. So kind of like uh, a Dignitas. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, like a Dignitas move. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But okay. what's, okay, so I'll be, I'll be completely honest as well, because I've been, you know, I'm very vocal about how you should be talking about death, how you should be, you know, because mm. if you take one thing away from this podcast, it's please, please, please talk to the people closest to you mm. about what you want to happen when you die. Be that mm. burial arrangements, crematorium, like be that anything. Please, please, from, from a 16-year-old girl mm. who had to just guess her way through it when I really didn't have the mental capacity to be doing that, mm. please talk to the people closest to you about what you want to happen when you go. Are you an organ donor? Do you have a certain preference for something? Tell those around you because it honestly will make their life so much easier. But, mm. you know, for someone who talks the game, which I absolutely do, being the thought of being dead is one of the only things that I will wake up in the middle of the night having uh, having panics about. Like, because what will happen is I'll wake up to go to the toilet because I go for a wee. If you've heard this podcast, you'll know. I go for a wee about four times a night. So I have a <laughs> tiny, hyperactive old lady bladder. And... Um, and it'll be when I'm, you know, like sitting on the toilet, I'm like, oh, okay, I've woken up. <laughs> and then I'll be like, oh, but one day you won't. And then that'll be Amazing. it. It will just send me into this weird, that come the morning, I won't care about at all. Why are things so much worse in the middle of the night? Well, there's a number of reasons for that, isn't yeah. there? Um, a lot, well, it's dark for a start. Yeah. Everything is still. <laughs> there's a, a lot of times in the middle of the night is, is the only time really when Okay, so here's how I equate it, yeah, whether this makes sense to people or not, right? For a start, all of the other chatter is gone. 
so there's nothing like I'm, I'm not listening to you talk and I'm not watching TV. I'm yeah. not reading something. I'm not doing my work. I'm just laying there. Yeah. yeah. Now, potentially the bits of your mind that are at peace with what they're, they're doing, hmm. they're not talking. They're asleep. Yeah. Right. So when we wake up in the middle of the night, probably the only bits we're hearing are the guys in there, the crew members that are still pondering their puzzles. The panicky night mean? watchman. Yeah. What, is, what does this mean? Yeah. And, and so when you're like half asleep. <laughs> The only guy in there that's still got the light on trying to trying to do their work yeah. is the guy that's thinking, what what happens then? Like, are we just going to stop existing? Yeah, yeah. I've, not, I've, not, I've not actually come to terms with that yet. You know? And it, so those bits of us that are still worried or concerned or think things need to change about X or Y, mm. they're still busy. So yeah. they're the, that's the voice we hear. Yeah. And it being dark, it being silent, no distractions, the fact that you can't take action on any of the thoughts you've got because yeah, it's the yeah. middle of the night, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. All of those, all those multiple things that that yeah that just play on our mind, and that's why it's worse. But how many times I do this? I do this a lot. Actually, the, the rare occasions when I do find myself at any point laying awake thinking about things, mm. I do have that that awareness now that I just calm it down by knowing you're going to wake up, and these things are not even going to seem important yeah, anymore. Yeah, yeah. You know, they're going to be so far in the back of your mind, you just wouldn't give a shit about <laughs> them anymore. You know? And and I've done that a recent, you know, in the last sort of year or two. I, I like three or four times in particular. I know I've been laying there and suddenly thought, I know what this is. This is nighttime worry. Yeah, <laughs> that you ain't gonna. In fact, there's a danger that the thing you're thinking, yeah, I must remember to do that. You yeah. won't even remember because no, you don't care about I it in the this, morning. Yeah. You know? I um I, I remember the last time that it got, it got quite bad. I j- you sleep through anything, so you wouldn't hear me doing this anyway. But um, but the last time we got quite bad, I I came back and I laid in bed and my thoughts were being really loud and I said out loud. No, we're not doing this now. I'm going to sleep. <laughs> I just obviously I didn't say it that loudly, but I was very much like, no, yeah. I'm shutting it. No, no thank you. Yeah. No, I'm going to bed now. This is the I think I got quite good at that sort of thing where it, where because a lot of people that I speak to about sleep, they're like, yeah, I know I shouldn't be thinking about it. I know it's not doing any good, but I can't <laughs> stop thinking about it. Uh, and this is what I'm always sort of preaching, if you like, is the connection between conscious and subconscious. Yeah, yeah. It's your subconscious that's keeping you awake. It's your conscious that wants to get to sleep. Yeah. When we have a good connection there, we have a good sort of uh, level of communication. Yeah, partnership. Like working together, you know. Then <laughs> when you say things like, okay. I hear you. This, <laughs> this is not for now. <laughs> then, then your your you crew. You see, you're saying I hear you, and I'm like, no, 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 no. But um, but again, you know that that can work. But I always think that you know, if there's a part of you, if you're getting a thought coming forward, there's a part of you that is like a child that needs guidance. Yeah, there. yeah, yeah. It's like oh, I'm worried about this. Yeah. And if you're going to shut up, then it's like, well, well, this is why I'm not having children. <laughs> Because that's how you would deal with yeah. your children. Be like, I am trying to sleep. <laughs> Mother is sleeping now. <laughs> no talkie, no talkie. Oh, I'd lock, I'd lock the door. <laughs> well, <laughs> lock their door. Yeah. <laughs> lock all the doors. Anyway, <laughs> potential, you know, imagine child abuse aside. Yeah. Uh, but, um, Poor Anakin. Hey. Poor Anakin. Oh, is that, that was our imaginary child. Yeah, Anakin and Abraham, Abraham wasn't it? Abraham, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I just think Abraham, Abraham Box. I mean, that's a, that's a classic box, name. Brambox, yeah. <laughs> I think that's a classic name. Anakin as well. Anakin's a terrible name. How dare you? It, it's not a good... I mean, that's... For a start, the nickname, the, the, the short Annie. is like Annie. Yeah, A-N-I, yeah. Yeah, yeah but Annie Box. Yeah, Annie Box. Annie. <laughs> it sounds like there's a word gone wrong. <laughs> no. Anyway, um, so what else do we want to cover about death then? 
You put me on the spot here. No, well, okay, look, I've got... I've got you a, normally have, like, your yeah, final I've, thoughts I've got kind some, of thing. Well, I don't, I don't really have any final thoughts about death. Okay, because... I have final thoughts about death, but I've just said them, so I'll reiterate them. Please go talk to somebody who is important to you. Write it on a note on your phone. You know, if I leave any kind of legacy, I wish it to be that. You know, make it known. What, what do you want? What do I want yeah. when I die? Yeah. Um, to be honest, I've got... I have very, very few. You know what I want? I want a crypt. Oh, I want a family crypt. This, again. this is what I want. I want a crypt. I want statues of, of children in, with surprised expressions. <laughs> right. And, and the, then I need there to be rumours that if, if children wander around the box crypt at night, then the ghosts of, of Tim Box will, will touch them and turn them to stone. So if you could have like... <laughs> <laughs> like, like children looking scared <laughs> if and, you can and, see his reaction yeah. right now but i just find it so funny because it's the complete opposite of what i want i am literally wrap me in a shawl yeet me in a hole done that hole done. could be the box family crypt now, i want to leave as little an uh, ecological footprint on this on this land as i can and it's you want of, a stone crypt it's made of stone we're yeah. gonna have two very different <laughs> Things going on. The thing is, I know I won't get equipped because you'll be in charge of it when I die and you're going to just yeet me in a hole. I am going to, yeah, I'm going to wrap you in a sheet and yeet you in a hole. Do you know what I would really like? I'd like to be turned into compost, but that isn't in this country yet. It's in America. I think it might be soon. Oh, human composting. That, I think it's brilliant. I think yeah. it's amazing. Really, really great idea. Um, but my, my final wishes then Go are just going to be talk to my wife. She arranges all that sort of stuff. <laughs> <laughs> she arranges travel. Right. She arranges And the then house. if I go first, what are you doing? Uh, well, I'll, I'll look at your notes that you've got on your have, phone. I do have very extensive notes. I'll look at your uh, your note on your phone that says uh, funeral plans. Yes. I need to change some of it. I need to update some of it. I've changed mm. my mind on a few things. But, but this is the thing, you see. It does. You can change your mind. You can. The, and conversations about it, educating yourself, that's going to give you an idea yes. of what... I know somebody I met, we met once at networking, does um, could offer permission. Frozen permission and, and shattered. shattered. Yeah. Which is very different to what I thought it was. Also, yeah, you thought, and I can see it in my mind what you thought it was. You thought the person would be completely frozen, so they're like a person-shaped ice cube. And then you like thought, a someone, statue, like a some statue, sort of pose. And then someone would come with just a really sharp hammer and go, think, and they would turn to enter. Yeah, I believe. But that's not what happens. <laughs> the funeral should be, you're frozen in a statue-like position, one of your favourite poses maybe. So yeah. I'd have my Captain America shield Obviously, on my arms yeah. and like that. Um, and then all the funeral goers, they have a little little, little hammer, hammer and, yeah. and like shoot. a toffee hammer, yeah, like that sort of thing. And they just they just <laughs> spend the, they chat about memories of you as, you, as they're chipping away, this is incredible. Just shattering you into a, a billion cajillion pieces. Whilst that is exceptionally death positive, and I am here for it, that is not what permission is. <laughs> no, I think it's less it's less exciting. Than also, acclamation. Uh, which I can't remember the official, I can't remember the proper words of it. I did no. know it the other day, but that's, you know, that's great. That's water, water formation, basically. Oh, okay. Yeah, where you, yeah, you just kind of like uh, dissolve away. What, so you're just power washed <laughs> away? No, you basically have like a hot bath. Yeah. And it dissolves you. Do I want to be dissolved? Well, here's the thing. What would you rather, right? If What would you rather? With, with, in terms of cremation, mm. uh, oh, I can't remember what it's called, the actual official term of it, but... Um, the water cremation or fire cremation like one is definitely more violent than the other yeah I get you I do I, I take your point actually the only thing about this is right so you're not going to be aware of it so no. it doesn't matter the only thing and this was discussed on the video we saw about human composting yes was that the fear some people have is they'll be buried alive yeah, yeah. Or, and then, or they'll be in the furnace still alive and yeah, things like yeah. that and they said that completely eradicates that because you sit in the composter yeah 
which is just like a casket, really. It's like any yeah. sort of the same, you know, a, a, what do you call it, a cremation? Like a, just, yeah, it's like yeah. a tube. Yeah, just a tube. You sit there for about, what is it, about a month or something. Yeah, and, so if at any point. <laughs> yeah, and, and the lady was saying that the only thing that causes the stuff they put in to react with you to turn you into compost mm. is that you're dead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And if it you weren't happen, dead, yeah. it wouldn't happen at all, yeah. Alkaline hydrolysis. Oh, that's the... It's just come to me. That's Alcohol, the power Alkaline hydrolysis, yeah, yeah. yeah that's the empowered. Um, but whatever you want, however you want to go, if you want to be buried, if you want to be cremated, please just do, do tell someone. Because honestly, to bring it back around mm. in full circle to mental health, um, my mental health obviously really, really suffered after my mum died for a whole number of reasons. Mm. And one of the reasons was I had to organise everything after I had, you know, my mum didn't tell me anything. Mm. She didn't say a word, although I will just quickly uh, drop in this anecdote. Um, my nan wanted to be buried in the back garden and my mum said no uh, because we, you know, we won't, won't be living there forever mm. and it's that and the other. And, and, you know, it's not, it's actually, I don't think it's terribly legal. And anyway, she just, <laughs> you wanted to be buried in the back garden. And my mum said no. And my mum said, um, Right, well, actually, I'm going to put you at this this place, which is like, you know, one of the local crematoriums. Yeah. And my nan said, which I will never forget, in a thick <laughs> Italian accent, which I'm not going to do because it will just sound borderline offensive. She said, don't put me up there. I won't know anyone. Amazing. And I'll, I'll never forget that. And that's why uh, I put my mum in the same plot, because then I was like, now you know somebody. You, know somebody. you can be together. <laughs> so that's, that's my story. But the thing, yeah, bringing it back around to mental health, the reason this episode has been just us largely talking about various ideas about death is because that is the antidote to fear of death. Absolutely. Is familiarising yourself with the topic. And I think a lot of the things, because it's we go into the unknown, that's that's the a lot of the fear comes from. We don't know what's to follow mm -hmm. yet. Um, and we don't, and it panics us because we haven't, we, we've avoided the subject all our life. Yes. The, the prospect of the ending. And if we don't avoid the subject, we do find that our our mind processes it a lot more. I, I don't believe I have a fear of death right now. I believe no. at some point it will become apparent to me that I'm I'm going to die soon, and I'm going to be like, okay, that's that's fine because at some point the story ends, you mm. know, and I won't be aware of having lived either. So no. it's not like I'm going to be thinking, oh, I wish I'd done that though. I didn't get to do that, did I? I have a fear of you dying more than I have a fear of me dying. Yeah, that's true. But again, I think this is a slightly different topic because we're mm. talking about loss and grief. Very there, true. Very which, true. Uh, have we done one on, on grief? I think we did. We must have done. Yeah. yeah. Um, so check that podcast. Out. <laughs> but this is more about, uh, I think it's our own our mortality own demise, we're talking yeah. about. Yeah. Uh, demise. Christ. That was a, a nice Sorry. fifty odd minutes in dropping the word demise. Just, to, just if you haven't been triggered yet, there you go. Look, like you say, the way you, the way we get through this is we laugh about it, we joke about it, yeah, we yeah. talk about it, and that yeah, is yeah. what that is what we're here. The only thing I should say, right? Um, we may have people listening to this podcast mm. who have considered ending it. Yes. Yeah, and and I think we should we should talk about that before we finish. I think we should do. I, do you know what I think? Because mm. we were talking about this because mm. I was feeling a little bit funky fairly recently. Yeah, yeah. I would like to do like a whole one on this kind of stuff. So this maybe could be like a part one. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I would like to talk about, you know, the prospect of, you know, not just death, but the, the idea of maybe wanting to end it yourself and not really knowing how to process those feelings yeah. as well as other sort of intrusive thoughts. And I think that could make a really nice 
sort of uh, yeah. secondary to this because I've got quite a lot I want to say to this okay. and we're already we're already taking yeah I, do, I, I agree I do feel like it's it's what have we got yeah we've only got like two minutes left we haven't got enough time to do it no. justice yet <laughs> um well look, let's let's maybe do that as our next one then oh, yeah. do it as a part two yeah. and we'll do like suicide literations and things like that intrusive and, thoughts that kind yeah of yeah yeah which we've done have we I think we have we done one on intrusive thoughts I think it was in our notes I'm not sure if we have it you're, you're asking me like I know what we've yeah, done I, I, I just show like, up this is the thing um, you're sort of got, starting to get an idea now of how little planning we do we, we just start talking about things and we, and we talk about them but the thought of suicide and things like that i think deserves its own kind of hour because mm. obviously i've got my own personal experience on those sorts of things yes um and how having those thoughts might not necessarily be as scary as as, as you maybe think in not a way to de- you know to diminish thoughts but yeah we'll go into this a bit more in, in okay. the next one I let's think. do that let's do a part two to this i thing, think yeah. that'd be great okay well um as always thank you very much for listening everyone yes you can come find us on social media really hope you've enjoyed it you can find me at instagram uh, on instagram uh, at brit marie box you can find tim at tim box mind coach also while you're online do go check out tim's youtube channel of the same name because he has absolutely wonderful videos on anxiety and managing your mental health i highly recommend them not just because i'm his wife because i think he's amazing um but yes please please go check it out please come back and listen to next week's one uh, because we're going to go into this more we absolutely are and as always as we always say <laughs> keep thinking outside the box thanks guys Bye-bye. bye bye